Hi there, my name is Liam West and I'm a member of the BGSM editorial team. For tuning in to listen to a BGSM podcast is going to give you the top tips on how to prepare to travel abroad with sports teams. I'm speaking to Prav Mathema, who is the National Medical Manager of the Welsh Rugby Union and has travelled with the British and Irish Lions rugby team on their last two tours, acting as one of the team's physiotherapists. It's great to have you on the line, Prav, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks a million, uh, Liam, and uh, thanks for inviting me to, to speak today on uh, some travel tips for, for elite sports. Great. So, as I mentioned, you've travelled extensively with sports teams in the past, and now, in your role as the medical manager of the Welsh Rugby Union, it's your job to actually plan the medical provision for the, their numerous trips abroad. So how do you make sure that your plan covers all the necessary bases? Well, I think um, the, the key thing to travelling abroad is preparation. And, that, and that's the key for, uh, for, for everything that we do, um, not just with travel, but with, with all of our sports medicine provision. But certainly we, we kind of split our, uh, our preparations into what we do before we fly, uh, what we do during we fly, and then what we do after, uh, after we land, really. Okay. So can you take listeners through what might be thought about during the preparation for the period before the trip? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's pretty, fair, pretty, pretty fair to say that um, before we travel is, is where we spend most of our time in our preparation. We, we certainly um, go through a, a pretty extensive period. So I'll just take you through a couple of things there and um, hopefully I'll give you some insight in what, what we do. Um, certainly the first thing is to establish who's responsible for what really. Um, so who's, whose role is it to, for argument's sake, have all the passports together for, for, our, for our players, as well as our management team, uh, look at visas, uh, equipment. So really making sure whose role is it to do what is, is, is the first thing that we look at. From there as well, uh, I think the, the next thing we look at is can we practice abroad as whether it be physiotherapists or whether it be uh, sports medicine practitioners or, or GPs, etc. It's really important to check your qualifications and actually is your indemnity valid abroad? Um, so, you know, important to note, you know, do your qualifications um, count abroad and are, are you indemnified to practice abroad? Um, after that, again, then it's important to look at insurance, just general insurance, things like um, Certainly, certainly for us, when we fly, we uh, we have extensive travel insurance uh, and medical insurance to ensure that we uh, we're covered. And certainly, uh, through best practice, what we do is we, we contact our insurance company, let them know where we're travelling to, let them know how big our party is, etc. As well, when we uh, when we fly, I mentioned passports earlier on as well, and it, it may seem it may seem silly to mention this, but actually, it's very important to make sure that you check your passports, make sure that. People that are looking after the passports, uh, you know, take copies of them, you know, make sure that they're in date and got the correct visas, etc. as well. Um, really important, but a really simple, a simple uh, tip, really. After that, uh, I think that when we travel abroad, it's, it's very important to know what equipment is available and, you know, do you actually need to take equipment with you or is it going to be available for you when you arrive? Uh, and again, making sure that you, you check all this is, is imperative. And some, some of the things that certainly our checklist is pretty extensive, but some of the things that we would take would be uh, trauma equipment, medical gases. We usually, if we're traveling abroad, we'd uh, contact, uh, contact uh, our, our liaison abroad and make sure they're available for us when we arrive. Things like simple things like treatment tables, consumables. We'll take uh, ultrasound, uh, diagnostic ultrasound with us as well. 
uh, some uh, game ready equipment, recovery equipment, etc. Uh, even simple things like travel adapters. And, and this list is extensive, uh, like I say. And but it is important to establish what what equipment that you have available um, to you when you arrive and what you need to take. Of course, with lots and lots of equipment as well, you need to make sure that um, again that you contact the uh, airline beforehand and make sure that actually that you've got the right weight allowance as well for your kit. Certainly we've turned up once before, not with Wales, but with previous club and that hadn't been done before and it ended up being a very expensive, uh, very expensive flight for us, uh, having to pay for the uh, baggage uh, when we arrived. Importantly as well for us, uh, coming you know, back from Doha recently, um, it's important to know what your environment's going to be like. Uh, and certainly uh, in Qatar, it was, it was obviously uh, uh, very hot there, so we had to know uh, obviously the uh, or what, or what the dangers of our heat stress could be, etc. Certainly, conversely, if you're traveling to a very cold environment, same thing again, you've got to know your environment and you've got to make sure you're prepared um, for the worst case scenario, really. So, certainly, things like uh, medication is also really important, and ensuring that they're valid to be used in your visiting country is also uh, imperative. We make sure that we get clearance from customs from every uh, every country that we visit uh, prior to arriving. Conversely as well, you can look at inoculations and uh, uh, what inoculations are required uh, for your travel. So again, lots and lots of things to look at prior to traveling. Uh, and in, in addition to that, we spoke about emergency equipment earlier on. There's no point in having emergency equipment if you don't have a, an emergency action plan in place. So what does that look like really? What does it look like at the game or, or the event that you're gonna be going at, at training? Um, have you practiced as a team? Um, is the team just you and the coach? If it is, you may need to have uh, players involved or athletes involved to help you with your emergency action plan. Um, so these are things that certainly we practice as a team um, on, uh, on a regular basis prior to travel. Importantly as well, um, depending on where you're going, you need to know obviously your emergency numbers. Um, you need to know where the nearest hospital is uh, in relation to the hotel, the training ground, um, the stadium, uh, etc. Uh, you need to know what facilities are available as well to you with regards to uh, follow-up care such as uh, imaging or neurological or orthopedic opinions, etc. As well, as we found out in when we travelled to Japan um, uh, a couple of years ago, it's important that we have a translator available as well and ensuring that we have one organised previously is, is imperative, not, not when you arrive. Another important point with regards to hospitalisation is to organise who's actually going to be staying back with a player. This is, should be agreed well before the competition. You don't want to be talking about that at the time of the injury. Um, you need to make sure that uh, if somebody has uh, a long-term uh, problem that they have to be hospitalised for a long period of time, that they're able to be chaperoned, whether that be flying members of family out or making sure that you have the provision to... Um, to make sure you can stay behind with that with that athlete. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of information really to to try and think about. And certainly, what we look at doing is creating a travel checklist document where lots of those questions uh, that that you can be asked of yourself is is answered well before beforehand uh, before you travel, and that's distributed throughout throughout the management team and throughout the medical team really. So before you travel, I think it's important as well that. You know, we look at we look at screening, and we look at screening not not just our athletes, but the whole party, making sure that um, we're well aware of any 
cardiac, dental, MSK um, issues, allergy statuses, uh, and importantly as well, making sure that we have our next of kin, again, for the whole party, not just your athletes. We also look at developing um, sample forms, um, which are uh, history-based forms for all of our athletes, should they need to go to uh, definitive care uh, during uh, during competition. Um, that's just a pre-prepared form with uh, any signs and symptoms, allergies, uh, medications, past medical history, uh, last meal or drink, or, or, or uh, our examination uh, or events um, of the injury, all included, so that that can just go straight to hospital with that player. And we, we, we pre-prepare all of those um, for, for competition. Another question we ask all of our athletes is, what do you need uh, to fly with? So you want to be buying all of these bits of equipment, etc., prior to prior to travelling, and um, such things as eye, uh, eye masks, neck pillows, earplugs, just simple things, noise cancelling headphones. Uh, we also really advocate uh, hand hygiene when we travel as well, due to the reduction in uh, immunity um, when we when we fly. Also, can use uh, humidifiers in flight as well. Um, due to the de dehydration effect uh, when we're uh, when we're travelling on planes, uh, and uh, they'll all travel with uh, compression garments, etc. And um, if we're travelling long haul, we'll also use things like uh, muscle stimulators, etc., uh, on their calves to um, uh, to ensure that we have a, a decent recovery effect as well. One other aspect that we look at with regards to traversing time zones is the effect of. Uh, it has on uh, the circadian rhythm and certain uh, modifiers that we'll, we'll look at influencing our food, light, um, exercise uh, and medication and um, certainly we can modify this with a, a lot of behaviour as well. Um, one such behavioural aspect that we'll look at is making sure that we arrive in plenty of time before the competition. Generally speaking, um, traversing one time zone, we try and leave one day for arrival prior to uh, prior to competition I mean clearly that can be logistically very difficult um, if you're traversing to the other side of the world certainly you'd, you'd want to be arriving well in, well in time and um, if you're traversing 12 time zones sometimes it may not be possible to arrive 12 days before but certainly that's what we look at trying to do as well um, we also look at gradually changing sleep patterns uh, towards the destination time zone so for argument's sake if we're doing a west to east travel uh, for one to two days um, earlier we'll try and get guys to sleep a little bit later by an hour. Um, however, what we don't want to do is modify that so much that it will affect training before we leave. So that's one aspect we're certainly that we'll ask, um, ask players to do. The other aspect that you can look at, as I mentioned previously, is uh, modifying light exposure. And certainly there are lots of online calculators that you can look at with regards to um, modifying the amount of light that you, that you require to, to influence your um, circadian rhythm. Um, and I think the last thing prior to prior to traveling is communicating all of this, um, certainly to all of your athletes and uh, all of your staff as well. We always make sure we have a meeting uh, prior to travel just to explain what is expected uh, of our uh, of our athletes while we're traveling. So that kind of wraps up what we do uh, in preparation to travel. And as I mentioned, that's pretty much the the, the biggest bulk of our uh, our preparation. That's great and very comprehensive, brimming with tips there. So you, you mentioned a few of the things about the flight. So what things do you plan for during the flight or coach journey? Um, certainly for during our flights, the first thing we'll always ask 
people to do is set their watches to the destination time zone and try and start to live within that time zone. So for argument's sake, if we're doing um, uh, a trip to Australia, etc., we'll try and uh, push all our uh, watches forward and then just try and stay awake or sleep at the correct times. Um, and again, that can be aided with medication, etc., as well, um, if, if need be. Um, so th that's certainly the first thing that we'll look to do. During the flight as well, obviously we spoke about loss of hydration through evaporation of fluid through um, the upper respiratory tract when we're flying. Um, so with that in mind, what we certainly don't want to be advocating is uh, alcohol consumption, um, possibly caffeine consumption as well through uh, through coffee or, or tea, etc. Um, but certainly we would you know, encourage people to drink uh, drink fl uh, drink fluid uh, such as water um, during out during their flights. Spoke as well about hand hygiene and, and the reduction of immunity during flying, and, and that's certainly something that we look to do um, on flight. And again, in between competitions, if let's say for argument's sake on the seven circuit. There's certainly lots and lots of flying in between uh, in between competitions and uh, to manage that performance side of things we can use muscle stimulation as well for not just lower limb recovery but also for thrombosis management as well so it's important to remember it is about the performance as well so um, uh, that, that's a key key aspect as well uh, one other thing to look at is managing your food as well it's important to note that your food ingestion is not determined by the airline and then actually you can take some foods on the plane with you, um, such as supplement bars, etc. as well. The other aspect of food is uh, looking at how much or how little uh, carbohydrates or protein that you may decide to, uh, decide to eat, dependent on whether you want to have a sedative or, or an arousal effect during the flight. And again, talked about the use of sleep aids, um, but it's important, I think, to understand which, which ones are licensed or unlicensed in uh, in the country of wherever you're traveling from really um, and you can also consider uh, homeopathic sleep aids etc as well so they're, they're kind of some tips that I would use um, and that we do use sorry for uh, for during flights great I hope the listeners are taking tips because there's a lot of uh, good things coming out of this so we've arrived what are the things that need to be considered when you get to your destination from a medical perspective I think once you once you revise the, the the first thing to look at is hopefully you've already contacted your uh, medical liaison um, before arriving. Um, once you've hit hit the ground, uh, ring them again, tell them you've arrived. Uh, once you got to the hotel, if there's something that's missing that you've asked for before, uh, of course you can uh, uh, you can request that uh, uh, as needed really. Then following that, we mentioned light exposure uh, earlier on uh, and that being a circadian modifier. Um, and you can actually use this to help you later on with regards to uh, your sleep patterns, et cetera, as well, um, because it can modify the, the melatonin response as well. And you can re refer back to your online light calculator really to uh, work out which hours of the day you need to have light exposure uh, or not, uh, and then actually you can use sunglasses as well during periods of undesirable light intake as well. So important to know when and when not to, uh, to, to receive sunlight. I mentioned also earlier on as, a, as another modifier uh, uh, being light exercise as well. So having uh, some light exercise on the day of arrival um, can also help, uh, can help your uh, circadian rhythm. Um, and on day two, generally speaking, we'll make sure being rugby, uh, we'll make sure that we have a sub-maximal 
or non-contact rugby day and uh, allow uh, allow guys to recover uh, properly uh, within within the time frame. Also, trying to regulate meal times as quickly as possible uh, when you arrive is really important. Uh, and again, this will regulate um, our circadian uh, circadian rhythm as well. Um, and make sure that you know when you arrive. Pretty, pretty uh, uh, kind of common sense, really. But make sure you intake just normal foods, and if you're going to an exotic place, etc., you don't really want to be trying those on day one um, until you're until you're fully settled, really. Um, when you arrive as well, we we certainly um, we certainly advocate our, our athletes if we've if we've arrived in the country very early in the morning, um, we try and get those guys to stay awake as uh, for as long as possible to reset um, our sleep patterns. We use caffeine in a timely fashion, whether that be through a drink or whether through uh, medication. Um, but certainly on day one, we try and make sure that that day is pretty busy so that people don't get too tired. And we do let people nap for under 40 minutes or so. Um, we don't want people to, uh, to have a, a really long, deep sleep um, because obviously it will have an impact onto, onto their, their sleep later on in the evening. Uh, with that said as well, we'll also limit electrical stimulation um, at least 30 minutes uh, before uh, before sleep, so we, we tell people to stay off their phones, stay off their laptops, uh, if they can, and um, that, that's pretty much some of the, or pretty much some of the things that we look at once uh, once we arrive at our destination. Okay, that, that, that's that's really good. So let's put it in a case study now. It's 2013. Sorry to the Australian listeners here, but the British and Irish Lions have just won their tour. What are the things that you needed to consider for your journey home, or when you got back to the UK? Yeah, I mean. In 2013, we were um, we were pretty fortunate. We didn't have um, too many serious uh, serious injuries, but certainly in the past, we have had instances where we've had a seriously injured player, where a dedicated member of staff has had to stay behind, which was pre-prepared and pre-planned. Um, so we have a situation where someone had to stay behind, but also the people that fly home, uh, we may have to consider booting people, etc., or casting people to fly back uh, they may need to be medicated appropriately as well to fly back after uh, after after a serious injury um, also with regards to our arrival uh, certainly having finished our uh, our training camp recently we had a number of uh, uh, follow-up appointments that we had to uh, we had to organize and at the end of a campaign as well we'll make sure that we will look at um, Liam, sorry. Can I say that again? Yes, yeah, of course. Is that all right? I, I just I don't want to uh, I don't want to tell people that after our camp we've had loads of injuries. <laughs> yeah, 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 you can be theoretical. You can move away and say, and if you were to have, you know, uh, we were lucky uh, after the 2013 tour that we didn't have too many serious injuries. But certainly, some things that you can consider are um, making sure that if someone does have a serious injury, as we spoke about earlier, that we understand or we know who's going to be staying behind uh, with uh, with the player. Uh, certainly, with various injuries, uh, making sure that we splint or boot them appropriately as well for for the flights is important. Also, medicating players can be uh, can be essential as well, especially if they've had a serious injury uh, and we're worried about thrombosis and uh, and whatnot. Uh, also, importantly as well, is making sure that we've done uh, all of our follow-ups and we've organised all of our follow-ups before uh, before we actually leave the country so that they're all ready to go as soon as you arrive. Um, as an international team as well, a key thing for us is that we communicate well with our uh, with our clubs uh, and then make sure that once we arrive that that, that communication is done um, in a timely fashion. 
Great. I, th- I think there's a lot of things for the listeners to take there. So that, I think that leads me to say thanks, Prav, uh, for some great tips on how the listeners can successfully prepare to travel abroad with sports teams. Yeah, and I'd like to say thanks as well to you, Liam, for inviting me to, to share um, some of our experiences. Great. You've been listening to a BGSM podcast, and if you want to catch more podcasts, head over to our SoundCloud page. You can also follow BGSM on Google+, Facebook, or Twitter with the handle at BGSM underscore BMJ. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this call, and I hope you have a well-planned, physically active day.